This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. Thank you for joining Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's a beautiful Monday morning. Hello, Carol Puckett. How are you this morning? All is well, and with you? Uh, very nice, very nice. I spent um, the last almost half a week on Pickwick Lake up in the Mississippi-Alabama-Tennessee uh, Triangle, and we had a big time up there. Did a lot of cooking and eating. This would be with all the high school or college buddies? Yeah, these are all guys I went to uh, high school with at Boonville. So they are the Boonville boys. <laughs> More or less, yeah. So tell us what you ate. I always love hearing about the friend. You know, the last time you went, you talked about him making uh, the egg and grits. I think it was in a, a mason jar with little shrimp hanging. Who is yeah. that friend? That is Tommy Cadle. Uh, I think that one's called uh, Eggs in a Jar. But this time he showed off once again, as did the rest of my buddies. But, but Tommy made a duck cassoulet. Oh, my gosh. And it was to die for, of course, white beans and uh, duck fat. He, he cooked the duck in it, and uh, that, that cassoulet was, was so good. We also had tamales and comeback sauce. We had chicken spaghetti that Kara made. We had pork tenderloin with Uncle Barney's sauce, uh, Tom Massey provided that we had steaks we had broiled oysters uh on the grill and we also had some tennessee pulled pork sandwiches uh and oh home- gosh <laughs> a homemade cherry pie by mr <laughs> bill barnett from boonville the boys ate well the How about boys you? did well uh, before i go to me which is totally boring after that about that duck cassoulet yeah. now were those Mississippi wild ducks in that cassoulet, or did he uh, splurge and buy like a Long Island duck? It was the latter. He splurged and bought a Long Island duck, uh, but he had to go to Tupelo to get it. You know, you can't get a duck in Boonville. Well, I wouldn't think so. I'm I'm happy that you can get them in Tupelo, but that is that's some pretty fine eating. It's some really fine eating, and yeah. these guys. Uh, uh, we we're we're ramping up the menu every year. I hope to get that duck uh, cassoulet recipe to share with our listeners. But it was fairly elaborate having uh, Tommy explain how he cooked it. He did a lot of uh, duck fat reduction and sautéing and butter and breadcrumbs. It was just outrageous, and it was, well, that, but I, all our food was good. That's a very classic French preparation, and it is uh, you have to render a lot of duck fat for that for that recipe, but. Mine was simple this weekend. It was just kind of a, a simple, laid-back weekend. I think Friday night I did red snapper fillets and put a paprika butter on them. And that's that's something I was going to tell you about because the paprika butter is really great on fish and also on chicken. And it's it's just softened butter. I use like a stick of butter softened and then one and a half teaspoons of paprika and just a little salt and pepper. And it is just, it just really raised the the red snapper 
up a notch like it couldn't get any better. Yeah, well, I went to lunch uh, early in last week and, and had the, the redfish at the Mayflower. It had just come in, and it was uh, incredibly fresh and awfully good. If you haven't been to the Mayflower lately, folks, you need to give it uh, give it a little bit of your attention. Yeah, and I get, the other thing I did was very uh, comfort food-like. I had done a roast turkey, I guess, last, last week, and I had you know, just the turkey pickings left over, picked the turkey carcass and made turkey hash, which, you know, it's a recipe that, or it's it's a dish that's served high to low, like John has had it at the 21 Club in New York, and then you have it at Mama's Kitchen Table in, in Mississippi, and it's pretty much you know, a cream sauce with turkey and I put it over a hamburger, open hamburger bun, and he was a really happy guy. Well, that turkey breast uh, uh, has become very famous in a very short while. Uh, we brought some of that home to our house uh, after we did the photo shoot for the November cover of Fine Tuning, which uh, is available to our sustaining members who support NPB Think Radio and Deep South Dining. In fact, today is our special drive time episode. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Deep, uh, I mean, Fine Tuning is NPB's monthly magazine and program guide. And guess who will be featured on the cover of the upcoming November guide? Surprise, surprise, surprise. It's Java Chapman. No. But Malcolm, aren't aren't you so honored that we're cover people? Java, I know you made this happen. Well, they they asked me, and I politely said, yes. (laughs) We had a big time. Uh, I know we've talked a little bit about it, but we we gathered up over at Carol's house uh, in that fabulous kitchen, the same one we had done the week before. We had done a video uh, for the Mississippi Arts Commission Statewide Arts Conference, uh, and we talked about the, the the Turkey Rubenstein that we pressed. And then we went right back last week and did a photo shoot in Carol's Kitchen for the November Fine Tuning Guide and prepared, uh, Carol prepared some beautiful oyster dressing, which I, I will tell you, Carol, I took a smidgen of that to Pickwick Lake and shared it with uh, Tommy Cadle, who was the host of our gathering, and he absolutely loved it. Thank you. And then that turkey, talk about that turkey, uh, roasted turkey breast you did. That thing was fantastic. Well, I think doing the oyster dressing got both of us in the mood for autumn, and it also kind of spurred, in, not not that because we did it, but if you noticed on Cooking and Coping last week, there are a lot of people talking about making dressing when the when the weather turns that's what we start craving and absolutely I, I and then a, you get, i'm sorry I, I said well i saw a big pot of dressing on cooking and coping yesterday that donna barksdale had had made it was her mom's recipe and you know her mom was one of the greatest cooks in mississippi and i'm so glad that uh donna is passing that down to her to her grandkids but she was missing her mom and looking forward to thanksgiving so what better way than to make you know a cornmeal dressing well that's an interesting topic because uh, most um, 
most everybody has an opinion about dressing. And we had a long, drawn-out conversation sitting out on the deck overlooking Pickwick Lake this weekend about cornbread dressing versus stuffing or, or bread dressing. And I, I know the one you made with the oysters in it was, was, a, was a bread dressing. Uh, yeah, it was a French bread dressing, big, you know, hunks of French bread, more of a Louisiana style. <clears throat> And I like both. I, I love cornbread dressing, and I also love uh, the the bread stuffing version. I tend to make what you did the bread stuffing when I use oysters, and I tend to not to go cornbread when I'm going sort of traditional. Yeah, I I agree. But you know, with the oyster uh, with the oyster liquor and all that, you really need that French bread to you know to soak up to soak up the liquid. It's just delicious. The recipe I used was one of John Besh's recipes. Uh-huh. And it was it's his grandmother's dressing and actually one of his most um you know most popular and famous recipes. And I'm gonna send it to you. Oh, because great. it took a lot less time than the normal uh, oyster dressing I make, which is from Ruth Bertel, the founder of Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. That's interesting. We but, talked yeah. a lot about Ruth's Chris Steakhouse uh, this week. Really? You know, because the one in Jackson uh, went out of business, and it's now uh, Kessler Prime. And, T- you know, Tico, Tico Steakhouse, Tico used to manage the Ruth's Chris when it first came to Jackson. And so what Tico does out there on in his restaurant is sort of a Ruth's Chris thing. And, and what was the Ruth's Chris, the second location in Jackson, is now Kessler Prime. So as the steak restaurant turns. You got it. Well, uh, how how did we do this week on uh, cooking and coping? Was it a good week? I've been kind of offline. I didn't have very good cell coverage up in the, uh, the Pickwick Lake. Well, actually, we picked up about 60 or 70 followers last week. I think people oh. are really, you know, really thinking fall, but uh, yesterday was one of the best days since we started it. I mean, the level of what people were doing, and one of our friends, who was our new friend, Bob Yarbrough from Charlottesville, Virginia, said that all of the stuff that was done over the weekend, he said, I just kind of stood back and got tears in my eyes that (laughs) people people are so creative and and passionate about cooking. There were some fine-looking pizzas on there. Pizza? Oh, okay. It's funny how the seasons uh, sort of inspire different uh, dishes, uh, like like the cassoulet. You know, I, I think that was Tommy was feeling like that was a fall dish. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I'll, I'll wait till the next segment, and we'll talk about grits. All right. Well, look, if you can believe it or not, only three minutes of your time will help pay for another entire year's worth of deep south dining on MPB Think Radio. That's right, folks. It's drive time. And if you're planning on helping out nonprofits that are meaningful to you this fall, now is the time. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB. 
MPB Radio, the Think Radio. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. And this is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. And it's also the show that plays James Brown's version of mashed potatoes. Hello, Carol. Hello, Mal. I I love Jabba's music. And uh, I want to send him a message in the booth that I would really like for him to look up Little Milton's, you know, if grits ain't groceries. Mona Lisa was a man and all and Mona of that. Lisa was a man. We need, we need that <laughs> one day. I'm going to just put it, hope to put it on his playlist because, you know, grits are always good to talk about. That's one of my grits favorite, gr- one of my favorite blues songs, uh, Carol, just so you know. <laughs> really? Yes, really? Yes, ma'am. Mine too. Mine too. Okay. And guess, and guess what? It was recorded right here in Jackson, Mississippi, I believe, at Malico. At Malico. Wow. Okay. Right. Cool. If grits ain't groceries, grits ain't groceries, eggs ain't poultry. And Mona, and Mona Lisa, Lisa was a man. Was a man. <laughs> well, you know, Carol, uh, in the first segment, we talked just a little bit about our photo shoot for the November cover of Fine Tuning Magazine. And that is the program guide uh, for MPB Think Radio and I guess uh, MPB Television as well. So this year, uh, I would assume it's going to be a slightly unusual and different Thanksgiving as we uh, face COVID-19 and uh, all of the uh, social distancing uh, that has to go on and the precautions uh, that have been mandated and suggested. So, Carol, help me think through what will be different and how you think we'll be able to deal with this Thanksgiving this year. Well, it is going to indeed be different. And I think that planning and thinking about it ahead of time are really the key uh, I've been on the CDC website and you know, read read other articles, and if at all possible, plan your meal for outdoors. And that's pretty easy for us down here, not so much for our friends around the country. But Thanksgiving is going to be smaller, more intimate, more outdoors. And duration is also something to consider. If you're in a gathering with family, not these, not the long drawn out normal sit around the house. You know, staying indoors or sitting in a in a, a small room, it, it's not it's not the best thing to do mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, and and I know traditionally a lot of us travel at Thanksgiving time to visit Big Mama. Uh, and, and Big Mama usually puts the whole spread out and we gather and it's a time of many days of, of uh, socializing and breaking of bread. And this year we just may have to do it uh, a little smaller, as you say, and, and uh, a little less food and maybe do some cooking of our own rather than depending on the, uh, the family chef. Uh, I often say that in the deep south, uh, we more often refer to the kitchen uh, manager as grandmother as opposed to gourmand or gourmet. So exactly. uh, so let's talk a little bit about the the main uh, the uh, main item on the table, the turkey. I know you're a, well, a turkey uh, expert. Let, let's talk turkey, Malcolm. But before <laughs> when, when we do talk turkey, I just I wanted to tell you something I've really been thinking about about Thanksgiving. Is this is really the time to cook food for other people too, since our meals are going to be smaller and there's going to be less less spread. 
to think about how many people really cannot get out. You know, neighbors and friends or you know, people from your church or community. And so when you're making something, make a little extra and do a, uh, what do you call it, hands-free delivery or... Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, contact contactless i think contactless. One, of our, one of our new words yeah no a no contact uh, delivery but knock, knock oh. on the door put it on the steps and stand back <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of a hit and run <laughs> right 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 oh, but uh but turkey the turkeys are not even out in the stores yet i've i've talked to three different stores in Jackson when I went around looking for turkeys for our shoot. So starting November 1st, turkeys will be in the store. But what's really got me as excited is I found that frozen turkey breast that I shared with you for our photo shoot. Yeah. It was like a 10 pound, 10 or 11 pound turkey breast. And it was much more the right size for what I'm going to do this year. Yeah, and it, and and it wasn't dry. It was very juicy and tender and well seasoned uh, at at your hand. Uh, and, and you said it wasn't even that difficult to do. No, it wasn't. Yeah, you know, the only problem a turkey breast for me is I wrote in the article that's going to be in fine tuning is that I come from a dark meat family, so it would be giving up something indeed. But I'm willing to do it just for this year. Yeah, and a lot of people love the dark meat or the white meat. I love both. Uh, I think they both have a very unique and interesting texture and flavor. And some people fry the turkey, or many people traditionally bake the turkey, as you Yes, did. they do. Yes, they do. And the most important thing to talk about about turkey is when you get your turkey in the grocery store, remember that it must thaw for about three days or more, three and a half days, in the refrigerator mm -hmm. for cooking. I mean, many a Thanksgiving has been ruined when you take take out that frozen turkey the morning of Thanksgiving. That all you know, butter, I, the butterball hotline <laughs> is lit up on Thanksgiving morning. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of this, but I just had an image of what they do up north when the lakes freeze over and they take those frozen turkeys and they use them for bowling balls and they bowl with the turkey on frozen lakes. I what? know. <laughs> I think our, our friend Bruce Browning went many years ago to some kind of contest in northern Minnesota. They had a turkey bowling event <laughs> down the down the main street. And he also did that crazy thing where you dive in the frozen lake. Yeah, that's that's oh, crazy. Not for me. What about the old pillowcase turkey recipe, Carol? You well, that I, one? I do. It's Elizabeth High School's grandmother's famous recipe, and I'm hoping that uh, that Java will let us do a call in with Elizabeth because I think every year we need to go through the the pillowcase turkey routine. Yeah, it's a great story and a fabulous recipe, and what a storyteller Elizabeth High School is. we got to get her back on. Yes. Now, we were talking about oyster dressing, and we were talking about, you know, bread dressing versus cornbread dressing, and everybody has an opinion about that. What are some of your other favorite sides uh, for Thanksgiving, Carol? Well, I would say sweet potatoes, and in the South, got to have some kind of sweet potato. And, mm -hmm. you know, we could do a survey here uh, 
about putting little bitty baby marshmallows on top or not. That's a very uh, strong preference or non-preference for some people. Well, look, it's even more complicated than that because it, the small marshmallows are the large marshmallows. Now, I've never heard of using large marshmallows. Yeah, well, the full-size the ones, and then there's, huh. there's teeny, those little the, teeny tiny ones that some little, people use. Yeah, the little teeny tiny ones, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, and then for me, spinach madeleine, which is ah. you know, a classic uh, River Road cookbook dish. And you'll know every year that the people are coming out to make spinach madeleine because people get hysterical in the grocery stores because they can't find that roll of Kraft garlic cheese. Getting harder and harder to find. Well, they they don't make it. And so, you know, people are running around asking each other about it, not knowing, um, you know, not having made spinach madeleine in a while, that the recipe has been redone using that Mexican Velveeta. Ah, yeah, Mexican if you, if you, Velveeta. Yeah, if you go online, there's a lot of conversation, as one would expect, about spinach madeleine and garlic cheese and uh, Velveeta. So I'm just passing that hot tip to you so you won't fall in the trap. <laughs> it's a great tip. And I guess it's used for something other than spinach madeleine. Well, I I think it is. I think it's used like, you know, Velveeta is, in fact, a cheese product. Product. Not cheese, yes. I'm sure that it's melted and goes on Doritos and Cheetos and Ah. potato chips and tortilla chips. So how about your your side? You know what? I love a lot of things, but I love fresh cranberry, using fresh cranberries to make a fresh cranberry sauce. I mean, I'm not opposed to the can thing going back to my childhood where we had the can, but I love to get a bag of those fresh cranberries and cook them down and and make my own sort of homemade cranberry sauce. That sounds delicious. You know, I, I still have nightmares about that jiggly cranberry sauce in the can. <laughs> you slide it out of the can and it just, it just kind of wiggles. Now, Malcolm- so you prefer to keep... Yes, sir. No, I was just going to say, I, I I love the cranberry discussion, but before we go to our next uh, pause uh, for a uh, pledge, I didn't hear anybody say macaroni and cheese is one of their favorite sides for Thanksgiving. You're well, shaking your head, Malcolm. What's wrong? It, it's not one of my traditional uh, sides. I do like mac and cheese, but I, I do not include it on, on the, the Thanksgiving table. What about you, Carol? I'm not a mac and cheese person, but if Java's a mac and cheese person, I'm going to have it on my Thanksgiving table this year. We can learn to love it for Thanksgiving. Well, I (laughs) I do love it. I do love it. No, I said for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, folks. uh, You are listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Please think about why you choose MPB as your station for news and thoughtful discussion or cranberry sauce and then support everything you love about mpb by contributing what you think is fair this podcast is a local production of mississippi public broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you if you can please donate today at mpbonline.org and thanks take out the papers and the trash are you don't 
to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. And today is a special drive time edition of Deep South Dining. Unfortunately, we cannot receive any phone calls during drive time, but we want to include your voice in today's broadcast by revisiting some of your emails that you have sent to us at food at mpbonline.org. And as Thanksgiving approaches, we want to hear about your Thanksgiving stories, your favorite recipes, your family traditions, or mishaps during the Thanksgiving (laughs) preparation. (laughs) You can email those to us, and who knows, we might read them on the air, and we might send you one of those blue t-shirts that Liz Gill just mentioned. Now Java's going to read a few of our emails that have been sent in, and we'll have a quick chat about those topics. Yes, uh, I want to thank everybody who always sends us emails to our email address, food at mpbonline.org. And we've talked a lot about community cookbooks here on the show. And here's one from uh, a listener in Hernando. It says, thank you for doing this terrific show because I'm working from home now and I'm hearing Deep South Dining for the first time ever. Regarding women's names being published in community cookbooks, I've always noticed that my grandmother's name was never published in Hernando's variety of cookbooks she and all other ladies were referred to as mrs and followed by their husband's name in my case mrs julius f russman i still see a remnant of this today while the ladies can see their first names in print the husband's name is now in parentheses following the wife's sincerely marcus manning from hernando well i'll take that one Uh, women's cookbooks and community cookbooks were started back in the 1860s, actually during the Civil War. And this was before women even had the right to vote. And in all of these cookbooks, really up until the the 80s, uh, the cookbook might be the only place a woman ever sees her name in print. But her name formally, you know, was her husband's name. And women even referred to themselves or to other women by their husband's name. It says, you know, good morning, I'm Mrs. Malcolm White. Good morning, I'm Mrs. Java Chapman. I mean, women didn't have their own identity. And then in the late 70s and 80s, with the advent of the women's movement, the Equal Rights Amendment, um, Ms. Magazine, when MS first became used, which was so controversial, you know, people started realizing that, uh, you know, women had their women had their own names. So there was a big change in community cookbooks right around the the mid to late eighties, and that is why. So he makes uh, he makes a wonderful point. But we weren't, as women, we weren't who we are. We were a reflection of our husband. And so it's, t- it's a great change in society. <laughs> yes, the times they are changing. <clears throat> So what's it? You got another one uh, emailed there for us, Java? Uh Yes, I have another one. Uh, and this one, it I don't understand it, but maybe you can help me out. Um, it talks about mixing things that contain mayonnaise. It may have been around the time where we were talking about uh, Duke's mayonnaise. I recently learned from a friend that her mother advocated mixing things like tuna salad with her hands 
It somehow distributes the mayonnaise and makes things adhere better. Ever heard of this? What do you think? And this is from Savvy. I think we can both go on this one. You want to start, Mal? Well, I know growing up that uh, my grandparents uh, would would mix some things by hand. Uh, and sometimes they would use a spoon and their hands just to, uh, you know, better uh, uh, distribute, say, the mayonnaise or the mustard or the pickle relish, whatever uh, they were uh, stirring into a dish. And I think you could get better concentration of, of distribution by hand mixing. Of course, today, I think we are a little more health conscious. Uh, and, uh, you know, you don't think of putting on plastic gloves in your own home kitchen. But I think probably some people are thinking, ooh, hand mixing, that's gross. You know, that's not sanitary or that's not safe. Carol, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I was always taught that the best kitchen tool that we have is our hands. And uh, I came, you know, uh, learned to do a number of things by hand mixing. You know, biscuits comes to mind because you really have to feel the dough. Right. Um, you know, salads and, you know, what she was talking about, like t- like tuna salads. I think in this day and time, we are so much more conscious that we can actually you know incorporate bacteria and viruses from our body into into our food that disposable gloves are a must and when I worked in the delta and I would see people making the Italian wet salad I would Mm -hmm. see you know people with with one glove just you know the right hand glove and putting the you know the dressing in the bottom of the bowl and mixing and mixing the salad and it really came to me how much better distributed salad dressing is when you do that. But I, I really think uh, gloves are, are a must. Yeah, no, and, yeah, no bare hand contact anymore. None. Right. None. Right. I, I think that's a, a good suggestion. But but I, you know, you mentioned biscuits, but almost like any breads or or pie crust growing up, they were always handled by hand in order to get the, uh, you know, the butter folded in or the yeah. flour distributed properly. And kneading uh, and you know, right. kneading and smearing your dough. So I, I use my hands a lot, but they have those little thin disposable gloves on them. <clears throat> All right. I think we got time, Java, for one more. Do we have time for that breakfast meat? I thought that was uh, a very interesting one. Yeah, I'll read it. It was kind of lengthy. Um, thanks to uh, listener Bob Shorts. He uh, said, uh, hi, Malcolm and Carol. Um, I would love to hear a show on breakfast meats. I'm a country boy and remember finally waking up before dark to go fishing or hunting with my dad. And we'd often start the day off with a pig in a blanket with spicy dish sauces that pop, of, that pop of the casings smoky goodness of the meat along with the ballpark mustard folded bread was always tasty uh, my mom is from western north carolina and she got me hooked on liver mush i don't know what that was but um it's not quite liver pudding liver worse or scrabble because it has more cornmeal and um it comes in a loaf and when you slice it fry it in a skillet until crisp on the outside soft on the inside and uh let me tell you it was just about heaven Well, I love the descriptions. I mean, this person, thank you for writing in, uh, is very passionate 
about this deer sausage, the mustard wrapped in the in the piece of bread and the and the snap. I used to love to talk about hot dogs, and we would talk about a really great hot dog begins with a snap. If that casing doesn't snap and then those juices explode in your mouth, then you got a you got a faulty hot dog and and a cheap hot dog. So I think this is the same concept. It's that hot, you know, warm uh, juices that flow once you bite into this deer sausage uh, and that snap. And then, you know, I don't know a lot about the liver mush or uh, I remember Scrabble as a kid. Uh, we would sometimes have that at my grandmother's house. Uh, Carol, you might know a little bit more about that than I do. You know, Malcolm, I really don't, but I like his idea of doing something on breakfast meats because, you know, we can talk a lot about sausage. We can talk about country ham and, and red-eye gravy. We can talk about grits and griots. Yeah. So there's a lot of breakfast. Uh, and and one, one breakfast meat uh, John and I do is a pounded venison cutlets over, over grits. Wow. Yeah, we'll do uh, a more deep dive into breakfast meats. I think there's a lot of interest in that. Meanwhile, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners and supporters just like you. Yes, you. And if you want to become a sustaining member or help bring this show or many others to our listeners across this state and this whole region and beyond, visit our website at mpbonline.com dot o-r-g or call 1-888-372-4463 and make a contribution stay tuned now because upcoming at 10 is now you're talking with marshall ramsey join us every monday right here for another edition of deep south dining heard only on mpb think radio